come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Fasten your seatbelts. I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so glad you're back here with me this week. Okay, so things can change so fast in our world. You don't need me to tell you that. I mean, what we've seen, I'm just looking at it from the Miami real estate market standpoint. If you've been listening to the show, then you know exactly what I'm about to say. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. But what's been happening is out of nowhere, back at the end of April, my neighbor came up to me and said, hey, we just sold our place. We're moving. We made a ton of money. The market's on fire. There's so many buyers that want our unit, why don't you list your unit and just see? So I spoke to their realtor. He said, oh, I can sell it, you know, within a couple of weeks, no problem. There were so many people coming in to see our condo. And what's funny is I never thought about selling it just because I've owned it for 16 years. Didn't even cross my mind, just lack of knowledge. I had no idea what I could get for it. And it just so happens my son goes to school really far away. So it would be a gift to be able to sell, make a lot of money, and and move somewhere closer to where he goes to school so that we have a lot less drive time and it's just easier. So I was super excited about it. We had so many offers at first. And of course, when you first list something or do something and you're excited, you want to get as much as you can. So we turned down a couple of offers. Little did we know that there would be major changes in rate hikes and, and talk of recession, as everybody knows, you know, just a few weeks later. So we end up accepting an offer, and that offer completely fell apart when the people tried to do something unethical at closing. But the bottom line is I had spent all this time going to find a new place and packing us up to move, and and it fell apart in the end. So it was really disappointing. Then we had to go put the condo back on the market again, right? Because we had taken it off. We thought we had a deal. We had to relist it again. Anyways, it took a lot longer than we thought. By the time we got it back up on the market, it was after Memorial Day. And I will tell you, wow, what a difference showing this condo from whatever it was the first week of May. For We had it up there for two weeks, I think, before we sold it then that fell apart. And now it went back up in June and how much slower it is here. So again, I don't have any experience in real estate market. I'm sure that every June, it probably slows down in Miami because it's June in Miami people. It's pretty hot. Okay. But I don't have any expertise in in the real estate market. Number one. Number two, no one has expertise in the volatility and what's happening right now in the world with a war going on and inflation and right. There's so much craziness. So we received an offer today on my condo so much less than, you know, what we should be getting, number one. And number two, so much less than what our original contract was for just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was. So it's just so interesting to see how quickly things can change. The good news is when things are bad, they can change just as quickly. You know, the challenging, more challenging news is that when things are good or exciting, they can change rapidly too, like what I'm dealing with. So it reminds me, it takes me back to years ago, back in 08, 09, I was running a publicly traded company as a chief revenue officer in media and a recession hit, right? And I had never, as an adult, been through a recession. So I didn't have any expertise, any knowledge, right? Just like I'm talking about now with this situation. I really didn't know what I was dealing with. And so I didn't know how to plan or prepare or strategize to move ahead. 
That's the beauty, by the way, of going through challenging things, whether it be all of us surviving the global pandemic, right? The more you go through challenging situations, the stronger you are, the more resilient you are, the more prepped you are to take on more challenging situations. Again, not that I'm wanting any of us to, but it is truth, right? It prepares us for that next obstacle in life that we'll face and we'll be stronger the next time. And you also know I'll make some decisions differently, right? I didn't decide... For me, I stayed in way too much during the pandemic. You know, I I isolated myself too much out of fear of getting sick. That's something that I learned. I will not do that again, right? So you learn the smart things that you do and the not-so-smart things, how they help or hurt you, and then you can adjust accordingly moving forward, which is great. So anyhow, so we've been living with the situation with the real estate market. It got me to reflecting on the last recession that I led the company I used to work for through. And... There was so much fear in the company at the highest level, right? The CEO and his family were so afraid. And when I look back, that was definitely fear was at the basis of everything back then, right? So, and I took that on and I reflect and look at how I led and I was scared every day and panicked all the time. Here's what what I know. And I learned this when I was a lifeguard when I was 16 years old. Fear and panic will cause you to fail. Right. So when you take lifeguard training, which I did when I was 16, of course, you have all these swim tests. Of course, you have blankets thrown on you while you're in the water and a weight put on your ankle and all these crazy physical things happen to you because they're trying to make sure that you're physically strong enough to be able to pull other people out of the water and help them. But then there's a lot about, you know, you're taught and spoken to about situations and how to best handle them. And one of the things that I remember so clearly about that training about and what I really take away from lifeguard times in general, I did it for years, is that the only and most important thing is to stay calm, right? When you start freaking out and panicking, you will not be able to calm others and save others. You have to be that beacon of light, strength, clarity and calmness. And when you remain calm, you will find the opportunity around you to solve the problem. And so somehow I forgot that in 08, 09, because when I look back, I was a disaster. I mean, granted, I had a very little baby, a two-year-old son. I had just gotten divorced, right? I had just lost all of my money and my divorce. And then the company I was working for cut everybody's pay. They wanted me to lay off 25% of our employees, which was so sad. During a recession, so many of the people had never been through a recession before, had no idea what they were going to do for work. It was really scary. And so I took that fear on. That was my choice. I, I gladly accepted it. And that's sort of how I managed myself for that year or year and a half that things were really tough. And again, I didn't know how long a recession would last. Now I know, and I've researched so much about other recessions, that recessions are typically short of a year which is not a long time when you think about it, especially thinking about what we just went through with a global pandemic, which was much longer than a year and was much, much harder than a recession, right? So people talk about recessions and, you know, you're going to lose so much. Well, yeah, a lot of people may lose their job. That definitely does happen to certain companies that panic and just want to cut employee count. But a lot of people have gone to work for themselves and found ways so that they can add value, help others solve problems and charge for it from home, which has been great. And then there are always emerging categories that are in growth phases. Whenever any 
change happens in the economic cycle and, and things are changing, something's growing while something else is dying or losing. So it's all about picking your head up from where you are and finding where is the opportunity. And back to lifeguarding, staying calm, not taking on the fear, but keeping calm and keeping focused on where is that next opportunity. That's what I'll do differently this time, right? So it's just interesting that there's all this talk, which is affecting the real estate market, which is affecting the situation with my home. And timing comes into play a lot, right? Because if I had known everything that I know now, if I had known that the day I listed my condo, I would have taken the first offer that was presented to us a weekend when we received it. We declined that offer. We kicked it back because we wanted a higher number which also makes sense because you don't want to jump at the first, you know, opportunity that comes along. So there are going to be dynamics in any situation that we can't predict. No, I couldn't have predicted this back at the end of April or beginning of May. And, you know, we have to live with choices. Go with your gut, you know, trust that you have the best information possible and hope and pray that, you know, the right solution will come when it's meant to be there. So that's the walk that we're walking right now, which I will tell you, I'm not going to lie, is a little frustrating at times because I was so excited to move and to not have to drive as much. That was a, I drive a lot right now, right? So it was just going to be so much easier on me and my son, and I was so looking forward to that. When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify. 
What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monaghan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monaghan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com. Dot com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Cut to, I know that if I either help people or practice gratitude anytime I'm getting frustrated, it can pull me out of it. So I started thinking about Last week, my son graduated from middle school, which is a huge deal, right? I mean, it's that weird in-between time before you make it to high school. And it definitely was so hard on all the kids that were stuck at home for almost, gosh, a year and a half to two years on Zoom school, right? And so much isolation, so many challenges just, you know, for people like me who are not virtual learners who want to be in person. My son is the same way, had a really hard time with it. So many kids did. And that impact is, you know, still impacting people to this day. So I was thinking about all that and then thinking about how, even though it was so challenging, he was able to pull it out and graduate. And, you know, things can go from bad to good quickly. And and that's one of those situations that I did see. And I was practicing gratitude that I'm so grateful he graduated, given all those challenging circumstances, given that he had to go to academic camp for a summer to make his grades back up, that he had to get tutors, and that he personally had to put so much work in and stay after school to make up for all this Zoom unlearning that went on for a year and a half or two years. So Again, just as much as things can go from good to bad quickly, they can go from bad to good quickly when you least expect it. But I really believe that it all stems from my back process and overcome your villains. I talk about a lot, beliefs, action, and knowledge. It starts with number one, first step, you really have to address that belief that you're holding because that's the most important thing, right? If you believe it's not going to work out, if you believe you're not going to graduate, if you believe, you know, you're not going to sell the condo or you're not going to make it out of the recession, then that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You have to get your beliefs clear and straight first and foremost and get real with them, what's factual and what's not, and stop telling yourself these lies. That's step number one. Step number two is take action to make something happen. 
like my son, you know, went to see a tutor, stayed after late with the teachers, did academic camp to make up work. You know, you have to put in the work, take the action. And then step three is knowledge. You know, who are you gaining knowledge from? Who are you accessing for feedback? What media are you listening to? What information are you accessing on the regular that's either going to lift you up or pull you down? and start cutting ties with the latter, right? If you're around people or friends or people at work or you have a boss that's putting you down, those are the people that you need to cut. Those are the villains that you need to overcome. And it's really important to think about that three-step process anytime you're facing a challenge. Number one, what are my beliefs? Are these helping me and benefiting me or holding me back? And how can I change them? Number two, how can I take action to move this forward in a positive manner? And number three, what's the knowledge that I'm going to or that I am currently accessing? And is it lifting me up or is it pulling me down? And let's make changes accordingly. So that that process works, right? So I always want to stop myself in these moments of time and say, okay, I've got to get my belief right. Yes, I'm frustrated that the marketplace took a downturn so quickly. However, as fast as it could take a downturn, something could change tomorrow, right? I've got to stay optimistic. I've got to, as much as you want to believe in the negative as possible, we've got to believe that the positive is possible too. Something great could happen that's totally unexpected, So I started telling myself, well, just an investor could come from out of the country and have an all-cash offer and pay what the going rate is for the condo because they want this property. It's not up to me to determine that. That possibility could be out there. So just start, you know, hoping for the best and planning for it and manage it day to day. Take action to promote and, and get that offer out there so people know. And then surround yourself with knowledge, like gain insight and knowledge so you can understand what are the dynamics. And if you haven't been in these situations before, which has anybody really? I I can't imagine that anybody has. Complete sidebar, during all this time, as you know, speaking has been my new business that I got into four years ago, which I was killing it in 2019. I was everywhere. I was doing so well. Everything was in person. And then overnight, it disappeared, you know, with 2020 pandemic and Literally everything went to virtual, which I had never done before. So I felt like a rookie starting all over again. But I built my business back up and I ended up being named top 40 female speaker of the year for 2020. That was really for my virtual speaking. And then this year I was named top 50 keynote speaker of the year for 2022. Super proud of both of those because I did it during these really adverse times, right? There's like all this adversity, all these challenges, and still was able to do the work, show up, and make it work, even though it wasn't easy, by the way. But so during all this time, I'm learning, yet again, something new, learning about the speaking business, which I had no clue about. Granted, I had spoken for 20 years in corporate America on the daily, and I'd I'd taken massive stages. So I was good at the craft, but I, I don't know anything about the network. You know, who are the people that hire? Who are the people that I need to know? Who's going to help get me booked? What do I charge? Right? I didn't know the business. I didn't have the business acumen side of the speaking business yet. I could do the actual trade, but I didn't know how to market it, package it, who to work with. I was a rookie on that side. So as I've moved through this and I've made countless mistakes, right? It's ridiculous how many mistakes I've made, but I just didn't know. One of the biggest things I learned, yet again, when you don't have the knowledge, you don't know, which is fine. It's how you get it. I didn't know where are the pools I should be fishing in for those right clients. And so I found out by making mistake after mistake, you know, people would reach out to me on social media. Hey, we want to hire you for our speaking event and I'd give them my quote and they would, you know, be horrified at how much money I was charging. 
Well, especially once I started making these big lists of top speakers in the U.S., I started getting to know the other speakers. So I know what they're charging, right? And I might not have taken my rate to the same height that these other people are at, but I definitely raised mine because I realized, okay, in good company, if these guys are getting valued at this price point, I should be as well, right? There's no reason why I shouldn't be. And so I took my rates up. And then, you know, every once in a while I get it and it justifies, okay, this means I'm charging a fair rate. I'm getting great feedback, which means I'm delivering the value and I'm getting great reviews from the clients. The problem must be that I'm fishing in the wrong pool for business. And this is something for you to look at too. You know, are your prospective clients really the right clients for you? And so often when we're new and we're a rookie, we're just taking any business we can find. Those people just might not be that right pool of business, that right potential client for you. And that's definitely a mistake that I made. But you teeter back and forth with, okay, I want to build a business. I need reviews. I need practice. I need recommendations. Maybe I'll do this for a while. And I did that, a lot of that in 2020. And so by 2021, I was able to start focusing on, you know, more strategy. How do I get to those right potential clients who have the bigger budgets? Okay, so here we are in 2022. And now, you know, live in-person events are coming back, not to the level they used to be, but they are coming back. And in-person pays more than virtual. And I love in-person, right? So I'm so focused on on landing big in-person events. And so I had pitched, people had come to me inquiring about my rates. I'd given them. And three of my calls uh, earlier in 2022, right in a row, it was like the same week, all said to me, oh, you're out of our price range. You're too much. And, you know, completely disconnected from me and, you know, just kind of like, oh, no, this is way too much money. We're not going to work with you. And so... That next fourth call, this is a couple months ago, I got on with a trade association. You, you have no, I don't know how much they have for a budget, right? I have no idea. I always try to research ahead of time to see if I can find who is another speaker they've had in the past, because that can give me an idea and a range. But I couldn't find anyone. You know, it was all private information. And so I get on the call and I decided, you know what? I'm just going to lead with the truth and transparency with these people and just say, okay, I'm just going to be completely upfront. This dynamic of coming out of a pandemic and stepping into 2022, it seems like there is no cadence to business. I don't know how often I'm getting inquiries. People are upset at what I'm charging. You know, I'm just going to be straightforward with you. I'm expensive. That's what I came in on the call saying because I was so sick of that week wasting all this time when people telling me that I'm too expensive and, you know, they couldn't afford me. So... There was a group of women on the call, on the Zoom call, and they said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, so I'm just going to be upfront with you. I don't want to waste anybody's time here. And they said, no, that's okay. Um, You know, we just hung up with Oprah's team. They were inquiring about hiring Oprah to give a keynote. So it's just one of those yet again examples. What you don't know, you don't know, right? These people had huge budgets huge. Let's put it this way. Oprah's keynote fee was almost as much as my condo is selling for. Can you believe that? A 60-minute keynote fee for over, well over a million dollars. Crazy, right? Well, good for her. I'm, gosh, so happy for her. I would just like to be there as well. So whenever you're a rookie, whenever you're new at something, whenever you're in new environments, new situations, like all of us are right now, coming out of a global pandemic and in this really challenging, crazy, unknown economic situation, you're somewhat of a rookie, right? There's going to be unexpected things that show up and those can be opportunities 
And those in the moment can be fails and challenges. And then we have to figure out, okay, how can we transition through this and turn it into something else, something better? So, you know, it was just so funny that I'd had those three calls with small event companies that had basically no budgets that couldn't afford me. And then I get on and declare to this new company, I'm very expensive. And they tell me that they're dealing with Oprah's people and that actually I'm not that expensive. So there is a major perspective shift based upon who you're speaking with. And when you're new in any industry or you're new to something, you're not going to know those things at first. I'll tell you this. I wish somebody would just fly into my home and give me a list of, here's all the companies that have massive budgets to hire speakers. And these are the ones you should be working with. And we've got relationships with them and we'll pitch you. That hasn't happened yet. And you know, what's funny is that I have so many agents representing me, but like anything, agents are about relationships with people. And the past couple of years living virtually, you don't get to spend time with people face-to-face to really further and strengthen those relationships so why would they pick you, right? So it's just interesting to see how all these things affect one another in different ways, especially when you know, I know I'm doing the work I'm meant to be doing. I know that this is where I'm meant to be, but it still gets frustrating when you fumble and, and make these mistakes and have to pick yourself back up again and remind yourself that you don't have all the answers, that you are new at this, and that in time you will develop knowledge and then expertise and and then hopefully get the kind of fees Oprah does. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I had to share that story with you. Then I had someone write into me and ask me, they wanted to be a guest on podcast shows and they were talking about how do you pitch yourself to be a guest on a podcast show? How do you show up as a great guest on a podcast and, and what does that look like? So I wanted to share that with you. And this is really applicable, not only with podcasts, but in anything. It's sales, right? So if you want to sell somebody on you, in this situation they're talking about, to go on as a guest on their podcast, first you need to do your homework, right? And I get it. It's work. It's annoying. It takes time. And nobody wants to do it. But if you really want to be a great podcast guest or sell yourself and get on a certain show, this is what you have to do. You have to separate yourself from the sea of mediocrity that exists out there, right? You have to show up as stellar, different, and must-have. So the first thing I would do is a completely research the shows that I was targeting that I wanted to go on ahead of time. I would listen to their episodes. I would have not in-depth knowledge of the the conversations they had, the re- reaction from the audiences. I'd circle back and look at the social media to see which posts and guests did well, which ones were showing up well, and you know what got engagement and what conversations were interesting to that audience. And you'll see pretty quickly, if you do that homework, you'll know pretty well, oh, okay, this is who that audience is. This is what matters to them. This is what lights them up, you know, and and gets them interested. Okay, so once you have that, you want to add value to that audience. You want to add value to that podcast host. So for me, I'm always thinking, okay, I look and research what are past shows they've done, what looks like things that they like to talk about, but then also how can I be different, unique, 
and special so that they'll want to have me, right? So maybe you'll say, you do all this homework, you know so much about them, you want to reach out and make it about them. Hey, love your show, huge fan. I've included a review of your show in the screenshot below, just wanted you to see it. That basically just says, hey, I took the time to try to add value to your life in a small way today. That's how serious I am, you know, about supporting you. Hope that you can possibly take a call with me or consider having me on your show. And then I would just break it down in a real brief, simple way. You know, I've listened to so many of your shows. I'd highlight an episode I loved so they know you're legit. And then I'd go on to say, I know these shows seem to do really well in the social media outlets with you. I checked it out and your audience seems super engaged. What if we did this? And I'd propose a couple of different options which aren't exactly duplicating what I'd seen, but have something that's unique and different about me, how we can teach something different or add value differently. So for example, I was on the Lady Gang show, right? And I had noted, I forget, this is a couple years ago, but they had had someone who spoke about how to be a strong speaker at work or something. And so I made it, I saw that episode did really well with your audience. I thought maybe we could add value by talking about how we can add confidence to these women in the workplace so when they do speak up, they feel confident about doing it. You know, something about building on things or or a spin that's going to be different and unique but still be meaningful and relevant and add value. So it's a lot of work, right? And especially if you're new to going on podcasts, you've got to put the work in. The other thing you can do is send somebody a video message. They love that. Again, add value to them. Offer a giveaway. Hey, if you have me on the show, I'm happy to do a giveaway on blah, blah, blah. I'm happy to promote it on all of my social media outlets to try to encourage my audience to listen. I'm happy to tap people that I know and ask them to share it, right? Just add value to them. Know that people who have a podcast want to grow the podcast. They want to add value to their listeners, right? They want to be unique, special, and different and valuable. Find ways to make that happen. So that's how you pitch. And then to show up as a guest, practice makes perfect, right? The more you practice, the more shows you go on, the more swings that you take, the better you're going to get. And the more natural it will be, which is what you really want because you want to be present in that moment. So you're just connecting with those hosts and having a great conversation which it's so clear to me, by the way, when shows do these super scripted interviews. I think those are so painful. I don't understand it. But instead, you want to just show up and be you. You don't want to be on a script. You want to hear the people's question, think about it, and try to add value and give an answer that's relevant, right? So it's really no different than being in a meeting or giving a speech, right? You want to add value to people, but you want to watch your audience and engage with them and make it meaningful. So those are my tips about going on a podcast. And then you want to listen to them afterwards and see what you did well, what you liked, and what you think you could do better. And then you also want to support that show by sharing it on your social media, engaging with the the people listening, always adding value. How can I add value? How can I make this better? Those, Those are the questions that I would ask myself if I was trying to target a show or add value. And then also, no, people have rosters full of potential guests for shows and we're constantly getting pitched guests, they might miss your email. They might just be busy. They might be on hiatus because they're selling their condo. Maybe they might be off for the summer, right? There's so many things that could be going on. Don't take it personal. It's a numbers game. If you don't get a response, wait a little bit and try again. Try a different approach. Try to find someone that you have in common that you can reach out to to see if they could tap them, right? There's so many different things you can do. Just don't give up and slowly over time, you'll start showing up, doing shows, doing podcasts, getting better, 
figuring out your niche, how you can add value, leaning into that more. And then slowly over time, you won't be a rookie anymore, right? It won't be a new experience. And that's the unsexy but true side of it. It's a lot of work. And I get it. A lot of people don't want to do that. They want to put a cold pitch out there and then show up, but you're not going to get the same results. Sorry to be the one to tell you that, but that that is the truth. So I wanted to share with you, there is this really short chapter in my book, Competence Creator, that I wanted to share with you because I get asked a lot, give me a couple quick tips to build confidence. And I actually wrote a quick chapter. It's chapter five, 10 ways to build confidence today. It's in my first book, Confidence Creator. If you have not read it yet, get this book. It is pure gold. Literally, it blows me away. I love this book. And the feedback and the reviews, again, this book are incredible. Okay, so here's a couple of quick tips that hopefully can help add value to you today, add value to your confidence today too. 10 ways to build confidence today. Unlike talent, confidence is a skill that anyone can learn. We may or may not have certain talents, and we can work to improve particular talents, but for the most part, you either have a talent or you don't. Skills are different. Skills are like a muscle that can be developed over time. Confidence is a skill that can be learned at any age and in any socioeconomic situation. Ooh, that's exciting to hear. Confidence is one of the most important keys to building a successful personal and professional life. If this is a weak spot for you, like it has been for me, here's how you can get started. Number one, find your baseline. Super important. You need to know where you're starting from. We are often blind to our weak areas. I was a very outgoing and competitive kid. I made sports teams, won contests, so people assumed I was confident. I even assumed I was a confident person. It wasn't until I got divorced that I realized I wasn't confident at all. Sometimes something very negative has to happen to get your attention and make you look at yourself clearly. Divorce was that event for me. I felt like a failure, a loser, a quitter, and a terrible mom. That was when I realized I wasn't confident, and I took a closer look at why. How can I be so hard on myself? Why am I talking to myself like this? That started me down a new road that has vastly improved my life. Sometimes we really need to fail in order to see what's holding us back. Try to be as honest as possible in your assessment of your confidence level. It's easier to chart where you're going and how much progress you need to make if you know where you're starting from. And this is not in the book, but that's just like a diet. You have to record your starting weight, right? Anything you're gonna do, any project, you need that initial baseline. Determine your baseline, get clear on it, and set your goal from there. Number two, focus on your strength. We all have one. If you're not sure what your strength is, ask a good friend to point it out. I promise you, it's there. It might be your warm smile or your empathetic ear. Identify yours and appreciate it as your superpower. Remember, all the times your superpower has given you strength and allowed you to rise above. Think of all the times you've succeeded while doing something you're good at. You have that confidence inside you already. Build off that and get the ball rolling. Number three, be grateful. Write down three things that you are grateful for each day. The more time we spend focused on what we have and are grateful for, instead of dwelling on what we are lacking, the better we feel about ourselves and the faster our perspective in life changes for the better. Things are never as bad as they seem. Number four, it's temporary. When you hit a rough patch, remind yourself that life is like an ocean. There are times when you're riding high on a beautiful wave and times when that wave comes crashing down. The important thing to remember is life is a cycle and you will inevitably 
get back up on that wave again. If you need some occasional help, keep a snapshot of the ocean on your desk to remind you. Number five, listen to your inner voice. I used to think confidence was all about winning, but that's not how it really works. If you win or lose, that's just another experience. Confidence is being able to take a chance and do something that you want to do when you know you may fail. Confidence is having the courage to know you're good enough regardless of your bank balance, hair color, or your child's report card. Confidence is feeling good about yourself in spite of those things. I've learned that if I listen to my intuition and then act on it, I will build confidence in myself every time. That doesn't mean that I'm going to get what I want or win every time. I won't. But that doesn't matter. What matters is being true to myself and who I am. Don't shut yourself out or silence your desires. When was the last time you listened to your intuition and acted on it? Number six, be your best you. Take care of yourself. I don't mean that you have to focus on looks. I mean, put yourself first. Women often have a hard time doing this. They feel guilty putting themselves before their loved ones. If you don't work out, sleep, meditate, relax, or do whatever special thing you need to do, you won't be the best version of you. When you're not your best self, you can't do things to help others. In a way, it's actually selfless to take great care of yourself because it allows you to be more present for your family and your friends. You will feel better which is a natural way to build confidence. What are the things that make you feel good? Write them down. Do those things every day. Make yourself a priority in your life. No excuses. Number seven, you don't have to be perfect. No one is perfect. If you find someone who is trying to give the impression they are perfect, run. Those are the least confident and most insecure people anywhere. After turning 40, I've learned that people who put up a front have a lot to hide. By letting the world see your flaws and imperfections, you boost your confidence because you accept yourself. It also draws others closer to you. We're all flawed, and there is beauty in those flaws. We just have to get to a place where we can appreciate them. Work in progress. Number eight, practice. Just like working out at the gym, we need to train multiple times a week to get results. Confidence is no different. Put yourself in the best position for your success. That means practicing, researching, preparing for whatever it is you're trying to do. Also, that ties us back to what I just explained about the podcast, just FYI. If you need to make a presentation at work, prepare at home the night before. It will boost your confidence in the meeting the next day. If you're nervous about a social situation, research the best conversation starters and trending hot topics. That will help you feel prepared. Whatever the situation, you will feel more confident going in if you prepare and practice ahead of time. You can't control the outcome, but you can rest easy knowing that you did everything possible to get ready. Fake it till you make it, number nine. This is a standby and it's worked for me. If you stand up tall, make eye contact, deliberately shake hands, smile, and put your best superhero gear on, you automatically appear like a confident person. Whether you have it or not, in that moment is irrelevant because it appears like you do. People treat you differently when they think that you're the confident one. If I'm given an opportunity at work that I'm not prepared for, I always take it and I try to figure it out later. If there's a challenge or opportunity that I'm interested in, I go for it even when I don't have the confidence that I can do it. Confidence is built during preparation and when you take the chance. It's in those moments when I realize 
what I am capable of. This may seem like backward logic, but I promise you, it's worked many times for me. Number 10, give back. It doesn't have to be a big donation or a time-consuming gesture. It can be something small, like being polite by holding a door. This makes you realize that you are capable of bringing value to others, and you are. This can be a powerful realization. If you're feeling low, try helping someone else. Listen to their problems. They will appreciate you for that. Those confidence builders pop up around us every day. You're the one who has to take the initiative and go after them. Work that confidence muscle daily and watch it grow. Okay, so that was a quick chapter from Confidence Creator. If you have not read this book yet, I highly recommend it. And not just because I wrote it, because the reviews are amazing. Confidence Creator, definitely get the Audible. If you're listening to this podcast, you need the Audible. You will love it. Oh, and my... Actually, my second book, Overcome Your Villains, it's still on special right now, only $2.99 right now. Go to Amazon.com, check out Overcome Your Villains, and for $2.99, you can overcome any challenge you face this year with my three-step process. And that I'm so excited for you to have. All right, until next week, keep creating your confidence. You know I will. on this journey with me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference, and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 
35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.